Welcome back to PT Mill Physical Therapy Podcast. Today, we're going to talk about UP Philippine General Hospital's Tele-Rehabilitation Program in their Department of Rehabilitation Medicine. Our guest is Dr. Carlio Chico, Fellow, Philippine Academy of Rehabilitation Medicine. He's currently affiliated with St. Luke's Medical Center, Manila Doctors Hospital, and of course, Philippine General Hospital. He is also a Clinical Associate Professor in the College of Medicine and Philippine General Hospital, University of the Philippines, Manila. So, this introduction would not give justice to the accomplishments Dr. Lechiko has. Um, story time. I ask all of my guests to send me a bio for, for each of my episodes intro, so I can have a, an opportunity to introduce them. And, and Dr. Carl sent me his nine-page CV. I very much appreciate it and was very, very grateful for that. It's a testament of his commitment to research and dedication to contribute to the body of knowledge. And as he mentioned in our conversation, that rehabilitation is one of his advocacies. The number of researches he has completed and currently doing is an indication of that. In fact, he was awarded as a top outstanding young physiatrist by the Philippine Academy of Rehabilitation Medicine for his works on telerehabilitation. Aside from telerehabilitation, he also has several researches on neuromuscular conditions. He has countless awards from conferences as well as speak engagements in a multitude of topics in rehabilitation. So in this episode, he talks about what telerehabilitation is, its aims and purpose, benefits and barriers, as well as looking into the future of telerehabilitation and telehealth in general. So, without further ado, come take a plateful and listen. Um, welcome back to another episode of PT Meal Physical Therapy Podcast, a buffet of play, therapies, movement, exercise and education, activities and leisure. So for today's episode, we'll talk about something that is very timely in this state of health crisis that we're experiencing with COVID-19. So um, it goes about with different names. So I'm talking about telehealth, telemedicine. So more specifically for this topic, uh, for this episode, is telerehabilitation. All right. And to talk more about this topic, one of the pioneers of telerehabilitation in UPPGH Department of Rehabilitation Medicine is Dr. Carlo Chico F. Farm. So welcome to the show, Dr. Carl. Hi, Sir Johan. Thank you for inviting me to your show. My pleasure, sir. Uh, so um, before we start, uh, I just want to um, congratulate, uh, congratulate you in the award that you received recently from the Philippine Academy of Rehabilitation Medicine uh, Presidential Citation, right? Uh, as a top outstanding young physiatrist for your exemplary service and dedication in advancing physical rehabilitation medicine profession through excellence in tele-rehabilitation. Uh, <laughs> so how did that feel? Uh, honestly, I felt humbled and also inspired by the award. Uh, actually, tele-rehabilitation is one of my advocacies. And uh, I started working on tele-rehab when I was still a resident of rehab medicine back in 2014 to 2016. And uh, I wouldn't have been able to do it without the help of my mentors from Rehab Medicine PGH. Uh, so... Um... Before we talk about the topic, um, I want to 
to put the spotlight on my guest first. So uh, could you give us uh, a, ba a brief background on how you started your career and what led you to your current roles um, and position right now? Uh, okay. Uh, where do I start? <laughs> I am a rehabilitation medicine specialist, but before I became a physiatrist, I was a physical therapist. I graduated from College of Rehabilitation Sciences in UST back in 2007. And then after I got my license as a physical therapist, I worked for one year. I did home care. Uh, I did volunteering work in AMRC UST. And uh, I also have other rackets <laughs> during that term. Uh, so I did that for one year. And then uh, I decided to go to medicine. And it brought me to St. Louis University, Baguio. And God, has a, God had a plan for me there. Uh, I spent five years in Baguio studying medicine. And uh, I met there my mentor who taught me a lot about research, uh, Dr. Dumantay, who still happens to be the dean of the School of Medicine in SLU, Baguio. And then afterwards, I always uh, imagined myself actually to become a physiatrist even before. Uh, after getting the, my license as a physician, I went to PGH for my training in rehabilitation medicine. And uh, three years after, uh, I was sent to Europe, specifically Italy and Poland, to uh, work on rehabilitation technologies for the older adults or geriatric population. It was because, or it was through my mentor, Dr. Alvin Mojica, uh, recommended me as a scholar of that uh, or as a recipient of that scholarship grant of NIH or National Institutes of Health, specifically Institute on Aging in partnership with EU, European Union. Mm -mm. And uh, so I spent six months in Europe in 2017 and uh, worked on technologies for uh, older adults. I came back in 2017, late 2017, and practiced as a physiatrist already. And now I'm teaching in uh, UP Manila College of Medicine, and I'm part of the of the attending physicians uh, or attending physiatrists in PGH and also in St. Luke's Medical Center and Manila Doctors Hospital. All right. So, all right. Uh, when you got into medicine, um, you've always wanted to go to physical medicine and rehabilitation. Yes. Uh, so what attracted you to this specialty? Uh, when I was a physical therapist or uh, when I was even a student pa <laughs> of physical therapy, I've always wanted to wear the <laughs> long white coat. <laughs> The doctors use. Uh, I remember when I was a kid, I always wanted to become a doctor. I like the smell of hospitals. 
to look on your way but uh, that inspired me to become a doctor as well as my my parents uh, dream for me uh, they always wanted to have a doctor in the family so i'm the first in our immediate family to, to be a doctor all right yeah so we're going now to uh, our, our topic which is the rehabilitation uh yeah, from the uh, program of UPPGH. So, um, for those who are not familiar with it, ano, ano ba ang tele-rehabilitation and how did it start in, in UPPGH? Okay. So, uh, tele-rehabilitation actually is a technique wherein we conduct rehabilitation medicine consultations and or therapy sessions in electronic means. Okay. These electronic means may be either synchronous or asynchronous. When we say synchronous, it's real-time or live. And uh, in doing so, we use uh, two-way video conferencing, for instance, or even phone call. Mm -hmm. And uh, for asynchronous means or store-and-forward technique, we use emails, text messaging, or even file exchange. Mm -hmm. So... Using these techniques, synchronous and asynchronous techniques, we are able to deliver rehabilitation medicine services beyond uh, the four walls of our hospital in PGH. I see. So how did it start? How did the program start in the in PGH? And when did, when did it exactly start? Uh, I remember when I was a resident, uh, I did a case report on tele-rehabilitation and it was used as a bridge or as a uh, teaching learning tool for medical students in teaching them the principles of rehab medicine. Uh, we partnered with a community in Alfonso Cavite uh, wherein uh, the rural health unit manned by the municipal health officer there referred their patients to us via electronic means and uh, we called it tele-rehabilitation. Actually, it's already be, it's already been uh, been in uh, different countries, right? So it's been going on since I think the '90s, if I'm not mistaken, at least abroad. But here in the Philippines, it has not yet uh, been fully adopted tele-rehabilitation uh, technique. Actually, when we say about tele, when we talk about tele rehab, it's not really a new intervention, but new way of delivering usual rehab medicine interventions or services. It's an emerging technology that uh, we have yet to embrace, or that uh, we have yet to uh, do more studies on. So it's just basically the same rehabilitation consult and therapy. It's just that the medium of uh, transfer of, like yes. uh, to, yeah. to the receiver is different. Yeah, it's like a doing online uh, education uh, or distance learning, yeah. right? Uh, Especially nowadays, there's uh, online banking, mm -hmm. online shopping, yeah. grocery, right. even online everything. Right. Online training, so, online, online coaching. <laughs> yeah, online coaching. Mm -hmm. So, uh, it's like that. So, in... Uh, Tele-rehabilitation, what is the the aim of, of tele-rehabilitation? Uh, based on our PGH experience, 
the aims of tele-rehabilitation are actually threefold. Okay? So we do it for service, we do it for teaching, learning, and we do it for research. So for service, we extend our service to our patients who are unable to access rehabilitation medicine service face-to-face. We are able to do that by providing telesupport or telemonitoring or uh, uh, providing education to them okay? and to their families as well or caregivers. And then second, teaching learning, um, we are able to educate our medical students rotating in rehabilitation medicine on the principles of rehab medicine, even virtually. Uh, we're able to, uh, to reach them. For instance, the medical interns rotating in Alfonso Cavite, we are able to uh, provide support to them, especially when they encounter patients who are in need of rehabilitation medicine services. Of course, we have to admit that these students are still in need of uh, guidance from uh, rehabilitation medicine specialists, for instance, for patients in need of uh, rehab consults, the difficult cases, for instance, so that the next time that they encounter similar cases, they'll be able to manage the patients better. And so, in the same way, we provide uh, teaching or uh, educational support to our municipal health officers or general physicians in the community, remote physicians, who might need assistance from a medical specialist or, in this case, rehab specialists. And research. So, we talk about research. Uh, there are still a lot of areas in the field of tele-rehabilitation that uh, need research or more studies to back up its effectiveness, validity, uh, cost-effectiveness. And uh, we're doing that step-by-step, step, baby steps no, for now. Uh, but uh, those are the aims of our tele-rehab program in PJ. So, so far, uh, the community that you partnered with uh, is Alfonso Cavite. Mm-hmm. Yes. Are, you, are you planning to expand to other communities as well? Uh, yeah, so that's the aim. Mm-hmm. But uh, for now, we are partners with uh, UPCHDP, uh, University of the Philippines Community Health and Development Program. Uh, because UPCHDP has a partnership with five towns in Cavite called Amiga. Mm-hmm. That's Alfonso Mendez, Indang, uh, General Emilio Aguinaldo, and uh, Alfonso. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So these towns are actually part of the UPCHDP program. And one of the towns that we have uh, identified to be supportive or to be interested in doing tele-rehab and after we did feasibility studying, study in that uh, Town, we we started the rehab program with Alfonso first. Mm-hmm. So, can you uh, walk us through to a typical session of a, a tele rehab consult? So, um, what happens in your end, and what happens on the 
other end who are the players or, or the people involved there ah okay that's nice uh actually uh when we have or when we conduct a tele-rehab session let's remember there are at least two parties or two teams, right two sides but th- there could be more okay but we, for our uh, purpose we use uh or we stick to two teams for now one team is in pgh in the department of rehab medicine that's called tele-rehab team okay and uh, the other side or the other team is the telecommunity team in alfonso cavite so in our side the tele-rehab team is composed of the rehabilitation medicine specialist the consultant the resident the different members of the rehab team so we have representatives from physical therapy section occupational therapy, speech, and psychology even, and uh, even the rehabilitation nurses. So we have a representative from them. And uh, depending on the need of the patient, these representatives are able to contribute to the tele-rehab session. They're able to uh, give their practical advice or demonstration of specific exercises as the case needs. Mm-hmm. On the other side, we have the telecommunity team. Of course, that's where the patient is. And uh, ideally, the patient should be assisted by the primary caregiver or the family member. And uh, the patient is co-located with the municipal health officer who is our uh, doctor in the community. Because now what we're doing in tele-rehab, in PGH, is the doctor-to-doctor setup. Okay? We're in the doctor in PGH is able to provide support from the specialty point of view to the general physician or to the family physician uh, in the community to help them uh, manage their cases better and also to provide uh, service to the patients there. Do you get the patient's uh, case first before you conduct the re- tele-rehab session? Uh, ideally, yes. So what happens is the municipal health officer in the community texts the tele-rehab phone in PGH. And uh, in this text, there is a brief... Uh, description of the new referral. So, but of course, we have to de-identify the patient. We don't use uh, their names or uh, we try to uh, respect or keep their privacy. And, uh, they also text us their chief complaint. But, uh, if, uh, if needed, a brief history so that when we do the tele-rehab session, it will be more concise and just the clarifications. So it's always, there's always a, a doctor on the telecommunity side as well. Okay. That's what we do in PGH. Uh-huh. So the doctor, doctor set up. Yes. All right. So um, is it just um, consultation or does therapy also happen with the tele-rehabilitation? That's a good question. 
actually what we do in tele rehab uh, we provide both consultations and uh, therapy services via virtual supervision of exercises so uh, the therapists who are present during the tele rehab session will provide demonstration of home-based exercises that the patient and or caregivers can do at home. So, but when they do that, they should be able to uh, ask for return demonstration from the patient or caregiver in order to ensure that the exercises are done properly and safely in terms of execution before sending the patient home. And we also tell them about the precautions and uh, things to watch out for and uh, uh, safety measures that have to be observed during the conduct of exercises at home. And do you also do like a follow-up session just to see if they're performing their exercises correctly? Yes, if the patient sense and if the 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 parties both parties are uh, available as possible follow-ups should also be done if uh, not face-to-face then at least via tele-rehab but of course we always give them options to consult uh, face-to-face with their uh, local health physicians or rehab specialists if needed or as as much as possible. I see. So, so there's consultation. There's also therapy and follow up. So, would there also be a a time to like evaluate or or assess the patient that is on the other side of the uh, other side of the Philippines? So, if if there are if there are things that you needed to assess from the patient, can you also do that? On your end? Yes, that's a good question because uh, patients or physicians might actually have apprehension in doing teleconsultations because uh, naturally we are unable to do hands on physical assessment when we do teleconsults, right? And that's understandable. But given the situation that uh, patients are unable to access rehab medicine services face-to-face for a variety of reasons. And uh, for instance, in this time of the uh, pandemic, where community quarantine is being implemented, there's interruption of rehabilitation medicine services, right? And uh, so we can just make do with what we are able to, uh, to come up with, such as telemedicine. Uh, a subset of telemedicine is telerehabilitation. But I think other departments are also are also doing telemedicine already. Um, now, in terms of physical examination, what could be done via video conferencing, for instance, be largely inspection, right? We are able to inspect or zoom in on the affected body part. We are also able to ask the patient to perform specific range of motion, for instance, functional activities, depending on the need for assessment. Uh, However, if the patient is 
co-located or has somebody who is uh, related to healthcare, for instance, municipal health officer, uh, they are asked to perform the hands-on physical assessment. If vital signs, of course, vital signs are are needed. And then uh, other parts of the PE that are pertinent to the case will be done hands-on by the by our local doctor. Um, we rely on the physical exam of the doctor there who is able to teach and uh, do hands-on assessment on the patient and then relate to us. Mm. So aside from uh, aside from the the physical assessment aspect of a consult, what other um, limitations have you encountered with uh, telerehabilitation? Well, based on the literature, there are so many factors that affect the the practice of telerehabilitation. But locally, we have limited studies on it. Uh, in my case report, I've cited several reasons such as, or several factors such as uh, the, well, first, the lack of research on telerehabilitation, so lack of evidence. Uh, second is the lack of acceptance and the readiness among stakeholders. So the stakeholders include the patients, the family or caregivers, the healthcare providers, both doctors and the therapists. So that's one. That's the second factor. Third factor is uh, the lack of standard protocols. Okay, uh, I'm sure there are telerehabilitation guidelines abroad. But it cannot be applied in our setting, of course, because of uh, many factors such as the technology readiness, the capability of our internet, for instance. And uh, but uh, nevertheless, we should uh, be able to come up with our own uh, our own guide or protocol in doing telerehabilitation. Uh, what we have in PGH is just based on our experience no? so works for us so we're just trying to do our best in uh, improving our service delivery and access to rehab medicine for our patients in the remote areas or who are unable to access us face to face there are other factors such as uh, ethical concerns uh, privacy concerns and uh, of course Admin support is a huge factor, and we're just so blessed that the administration in PGH, particularly our department, is very supportive of the telerehabilitation program. Okay. So, so far, uh, the mechanism of the telerehab that you have set up is the community refers the patient to you. But um, yes. are you um, about to open it like a patient can directly consult uh, your department, like a, a, a real uh, telemedicine um, consult that they don't have to go to a middle uh, middleman and just access a, a site or something and go straight to a teleconsult with, uh, with your doctors? Uh, well, 
in the ideal setting, uh, there has to be a guideline on uh, the privacy, okay? And the protecting each side, the stakeholders, the patients, the doctor side, okay? Uh, in PGH, what we do is just the doctor-to-doctor set up in order to respect or in order to abide by those uh, guidelines, ethical privacy guidelines. Uh, according to National Telehealth Center, which is housed in UP Manila, oh, okay. uh, yes, because we've partnered with them, especially in the early stages of our program. So now, uh, according to what I understood from National Telehealth Center, they recommend that uh, the patients being seen by telerehabilitation are those that were previously seen by the rehabilitation team or by the rehabilitation specialist and or therapist face-to-face before going to tele. Uh, So in that sense, you already know the case of the patient because uh, you're just following up and uh, you're continuing the care for these patients you've already seen face-to-face. And uh, in doing so, you already have the doctor-to-patient relationship and foremost in the consults that you did face-to-face. But here in the U.S., I think they've already um, shifted most of their practices to telehealth, which is even if you're a new patient, you can Mm -hmm. consult a doctor um, through um, an app or something that complies with our, our... Privacy uh, Security Act, which is HIPAA. So um, in, in that sense, like especially now in this situation that everyone's in, in their homes and they still need to consult a doctor, so they turn to telehealth, which uh, gives them a direct access to their doctors or to, yes. to new doctors that they wanted to consult. So is that a future plan of your of the, the telerehab? Uh, yes. Actually, yeah. Uh we have to uh, partner with the different stakeholders of telemedicine in general. So in order for us to re-evaluate, re-update, and even further improve the telemedicine program that we have. So partnerships with the National Telehealth Center should be continued and uh, even information and management system for technical uh, aspect, even uh, I think with engineers who might be able to develop or might be able to help us develop software programs that are encrypted and able to um, conduct telerehabilitation using a particular application, for instance, that could be made available to all stakeholders or to all potential clients even. So uh, there's still a lot to do in telerehabilitation in the Philippines. And uh, I'm very much excited how telerehab could turn out a decade from now. And uh, But this requires a lot of work, a lot of researches, a lot of trials and errors along the way. So, uh, But everything begins with the first step. So, yeah, because yeah, we, we, you've 
uh, talk about there's also lack of research and um, I was just reading a um, a poster coming from a research from uh, a group of uh, speech language pathologists in the Philippines about the feasibility of their tele-rehabilitation delivery and it's it's I think it's just a, a case study on on how they delivered uh, speech language pathology services in in a community as well. So they they concluded that the ICT the uh, we call this the the bandwidth the internet connection should be sufficient. The also the stakeholders should be open minded and then empowered, and also the community. There should be policies to be that are implemented that would empower home based therapy and the what do you call this the the SLPs as well. So I think um, it's it's very exciting to. Hmm? I agree with all their findings. Right. It's, it's very exciting what the the future of telemedicine and telerehabilitation is in the Philippines. Um, if if all of our the medical associations can work together and also mm -hmm. make a like concrete policy in in protecting uh, privacy and. and uh, data security of the doctors as well of the as well as the patients and everyone involved so it's oh yeah you're right it's a long way to go <laughs> this should inspire us right. to uh, develop tele-rehabilitation program mm -hmm. and uh, we should uh, set aside our apprehensions mm -hmm. and do mm -hmm. to store its feasibility mm -hmm. address the limitations mm -hmm. step by step or one by one Correct. So I think uh, probably um, one of the apprehensions maybe of, of some would be it may um, replace the face-to-face -face interaction of uh, doctors and patients if um, mm -hmm. pure telehealth would be, um, uh, what do you call this, uh, would be implemented uh, as, as medical or healthcare workers or uh, providing healthcare services, that's our main thrust eh? it, it's the the human to human rapport yeah, yeah that's right and uh, i agree with you actually uh, papers show that telerehabilitation cannot replace face-to-face mm -hmm. -face mm -hmm. consultations and or and or therapy mm -hmm. uh, i agree with that actually mm -hmm. and uh, however what we're providing mm -hmm. is a viable option right. or alternative mm -hmm. Uh, we could offer patients who are in need mm -hmm. of virtual uh, access right. if they're able to do face-to-face -face mm -hmm. for whatever reason. Right. So it's it's not replacing, but it's um, helping the practice out. Because mm -hmm. mm -hmm. there's just so much of us in rehabilitation that it sometimes we can't reach um, areas uh, that are like far from the city or, or where there are no rehab professionals or specialists visiting there. So, yeah, you're right. Especially in the Philippines, uh, manpower mm -hmm. is uh, very limited. Mm -hmm. uh, according to one of our studies, the number of fellows in the Philippine Academy of Rehabilitation Medicine is only around 300, 320. And uh, in the Philippines, PTs are about, I'm not sure, I might be wrong, around 5,000? 
for even less. OTs, about that number, 1,000, 2,000. And the speech therapists, about 500, if I remember it right. And so uh, we need to multiply ourselves. And also our patients coming from the different parts of the country are unable to access the nearest rehabilitation facility that is located in the urban areas. And uh, the distance, the costs of travel, the costs of uh, the meals, the transportation, the loss of work for the family to accompany the patient have to be uh, considered because these hinder our patients from accessing rehab services face-to-face. And the even if, uh, as we know, the rehabilitation facilities are not located everywhere. So we city, not every town has a rehab facility or rehab center. And uh, even if there is a rehabilitation center in a province, for instance, it doesn't mean that they have speech or OTs. Common, they have PTs. But uh, other services and even orthotists, um, they might not be available in the rehab facility. We have to establish networking uh, via tele. I see. And also I was thinking when I, I saw that uh, you posted your video about the rehabilitation, it's like you're opening um, the gates to telehealth for, for those who are, uh, what do you call this, entrepreneurial or business-minded, they can start a, a tele uh, an agency or a business that would provide uh, teleconsultation. Yeah. Uh, yes, I I get what you mm-hmm. mean. Uh, but as of now, mm-hmm. what we EGH is all for mm-hmm. free uh, in terms of providing tele services to our community partner. So we do not yet uh, engage mm-hmm. in. Uh, uh, tele-rehab profit. Uh-huh, uh-huh. I'm not sure how that will turn out mm-hmm. for pay for uh, healthcare providers mm-hmm. who are thinking of going into this direction uh-huh. or if already practicing that. Uh-huh. But I think each society, the each paramedical society, the PPTA, the PAOT, mm-hmm. uh, even and the par- the medical society, the PARM. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, probably should uh, have a guideline Correct. in place mm-hmm. for these for for this kind of practice. Right, right. Okay, so just to standardize everything, mm-hmm. uh, be proactive in mitigating uh, possible medical legal issues, comparison right. of fees mm-hmm. among specialists. Right. How we have to ensure that uh, the care provided. By these by these practitioners uh, that are doing tele rehab for a cause are abiding by guidelines, right. both local and international. Correct. Uh, 
you mentioned about HIPAA uh-huh. compliance. Mm-hmm. So I think there should be a way to uh, ensure that uh, ethical guidelines are also met. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's also one of the like foundations of of a good uh, tele rehab tele health medicine practice is set the guidelines first, set the policies first. Uh, umbrella policy so that each each uh, disciplines can yes. tailor their um, practice to that umbrella guideline. Mm-hmm. Yes. And and uh, all of our um, goals is is to do no harm, right? So yeah. <laughs> so it's always for the benefit of the patient or client that we are uh, servicing. Yes. Mm-hmm. So we we're we're supposed to protect them. <laughs> so uh, aside from yeah, uh, bringing in different um, communities in in the, the program, and what are what are what do you see in in long term for the program, the telerehabilitation program in UPPGH? Mm, okay, uh, I think the program for PGH. Mm-hmm in terms of tele-rehabilitation, should still uh, move forward according to the three arms that we have. So the first arm is service. So hopefully there would be more patients accessing rehabilitation via tele-rehab if in case they are unable to access face-to-face rehab. Okay? we, of course, would like to see more patients and be able to serve more communities mm-hmm. and uh, establish partnerships with uh, uh, local communities. And now, in terms of uh, service, mm-hmm. okay, we have to reevaluate from time to time our guidelines mm-hmm. as well. Okay? And second arm is the teaching learning. Mm-hmm. So, we have to continue educating our young uh, medical students so that uh, eventually when they become physicians, they are aware of such program and uh, they're also able to be uh, supported by the Teleria program eventually. Mm-hmm. No? And then third, uh, we have for research mm-hmm. I'm excited to to uh, partner with our health co- healthcare providers mm-hmm. uh, if ever they're interested in doing tele-rehab studies. Mm-hmm. So I'm more than willing to cooperate with mm-hmm. them. Hopefully be able to contribute to uh, the protocol or to their studies. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm sure uh, uh, the different disciplines, PTOT, SOP is... Uh, very much excited in exploring tele-rehabilitation as well as an emerging practice for our as rehab professionals and specialists. Um, so yeah, I, I'm also excited how this would turn out in the future. And thank you very much for uh, uh, inviting me to talk about tele-rehab mm-hmm. on your show <laughs> because this is an awareness uh-huh. to medium to, uh, to share my advocacy right. in tele-rehab. Yeah, <laughs> and yeah, I, I was uh, I was excited when I saw the video that you posted about the rehabilitation, and it's a it's a good way 
for for people to find out that they can access rehab professionals um, even if in, they're um, in a uh, place where they don't have direct access to it. So it's mm-hmm. there's hope for people from far places to access rehab mm-hmm. services. Yeah, that's nice. All right. So I have uh, my last questions in in your career. Um, who do you consider as uh, your mentors? Your uh, mm-hmm. most one of your uh, most influential persons that helped you in your career. Uh, there are a lot actually. So. Mm-hmm. Am I supposed to say this one? Uh, you can say uh, at least your top three. Ah, okay. okay. Because in in our field, right, uh, uh, we meet mentors. A lot of people. We meet mm-hmm. a lot of people. Meet a lot of teachers, mm-hmm. uh, senior consultants, mm-hmm. who are able to teach us no? mm-hmm. uh, every step of the way. Right. But. Uh, uh, Actually, I consider these mentors as angels, no? Uh-huh. God, to uh, to help us with whatever we needed during that time, mm-hmm. and uh, we're always grateful to our mentors. So, in medicine, when I was a medical student, I, my mentor was our dean, Doctor mm-hmm. John Anthony Dumantay. Mm-hmm. He has taught me a lot about. Uh, about life, actually. provider, <laughs> And uh, he taught me a lot about research. No? Mm-hmm. Whatever I know in research now is, uh, or has, uh, has its roots in my uh, mm-hmm. uh, medic- medicine days, uh, mm-hmm. medical school days. And uh, during residency training, our chairman then was Dr. Alvin Mojica. Uh, mm-hmm who was also my mentor and even up to now. Yeah? Mm-hmm. And along the way, there are a lot of other consultants and mentors that have taught me and inspired me to become who I am now. And uh, mm-hmm. during that time, of course, uh, we might have not understood mm-hmm. uh, their uh, technique in mentoring right. us, but uh, uh-huh. we were young back then. So, uh, of course... Mm-hmm. Uh, we now know better and we're very grateful mm-hmm. that we've met them. We met each one of them along the way. So in for your for the men- mentors that you've mentioned and the other mentors that you've met in your lifetime, what do you feel are there like um, traits that you admire most collectively in, in all of them? Hmm. What do they have in common that that inspired you? And that you you felt that they are motivating you and became your mentors. Uh, actually, what I value most and what I look up to, to them mm-hmm. uh, is their compassion. Mm-hmm. I think uh, when you have compassion, the rest follows. So first and foremost, our compassion should be for others and uh, for our selves and uh for our families right mm-hmm. uh whatever we're doing at home or at work they're based on our love for what we do our love for whom we do it for mm-hmm. so i think compassion is what i admire most in my mentors 
That's nice. Mm -hmm. So second question, <laughs> um, in, in, <laughs> I have three. Okay. <laughs> All right. Um, in your own opinion, having been uh, a physical therapist and now a doctor of rehabilitation medicine, um, what do you think should we do as a collective, as a rehab, rehabilitation healthcare professional, specialist, expert, to move forward and, and further our profession? Uh, okay. Uh, that's interesting since you mentioned that I'm both a physical therapist, licensed PT, and uh, also a physician. Uh, I think uh, what we should value most would be uh, collaboration. Because uh, when we collaborate, there's mutual respect, there's mm -hmm. understanding, there's humility, and uh, we move forward together, uh, setting aside our differences and our, uh, our in the past, right? So I think uh, if we do collaborate, the different specialties collaborate, the healthcare providers collaborate in, in whatever uh, task that has to be done, uh, in terms of service, teaching, learning, or research, uh, I think we could further our society or our, our practice. Mm -hmm. Right. I, I totally agree. Because there are a lot of, um, I don't know now, mm -hmm. but before there, there are some friction mm -hmm. between uh, doctors and, and, and therapists where collaboration would, having collaborate with each other, the, the one that would win is our end goal is our patient, mm -hmm. our, our, the people that we serve, mm -hmm. right? It's good. Mm -hmm. And uh, so my last question, um, what are the three ingredients that make up Dr. Carlo Chico? <laughs> what, are, what are those that uh, values, traits, core mm -hmm. that you, you carry with you each day of your life that you think are essential in your career or in your life in general? Mm -hmm. Okay. That's uh, the most difficult question. <laughs> <laughs> Okay. Uh, first of all, thank you for that question. <laughs> uh, I think uh, I can't uh, think of three right now, but uh, okay. uh, probably the first that came into my mind is uh, cheerfulness. Mm -hmm. uh, we have to always remain happy no matter the, the circumstance. So, mm -hmm. of course, it's easier said than done. There are mm -hmm. a lot of uh, difficulties along the way. But uh, I think we have to still put a smile on our face. Uh, uh -huh. Thinking or hoping that uh, things will get better. Mm -hmm. And second probably is uh, hmm, respect. Being respectful. Uh, no matter what we are able to achieve or uh, no matter what we are able to uh, accomplish so we should remember to be respectful to everyone around us um, matter uh, no matter how high or how low that person may be in terms of uh, office rank we should be able mm -hmm. to collaborate with uh, everyone and respect mm -hmm. their dignity and respect 
mm-hmm. what they're able to contribute to the team. Mm-hmm. And uh, we have to be polite. We have to be humble. No? Uh, whatever, whatever stage in our life. Mm-hmm. Stage in our life, yeah. Mm-hmm. And the third is, uh, so lastly, probably uh, prayerfulness. Uh, we have the piety should uh, always be there. Our faith should always be there. Because uh, uh, based on my experience, uh, I've encountered a lot of uh, uh, challenges during pre-med days. So when I was a PT, I had a hard time coping up <laughs> with, with studies. Really? Yes, because of so many extracurricular activities. <laughs> but uh, thankfully, I was able to graduate. Even, uh, I, I remember that when I was in second year PT, uh, I wanted to quit. I wanted to shift to advertising. <laughs> but thankfully, my mom put some sense into me. Uh, yeah, so I stayed and uh, I tried to stick to my original goal. Uh, to become a doctor someday. So, I persevered and of course, with the help of God, so he had a, pl- he had a plan. And then, uh, when I was in medicine, same, uh, I lived for five years in Baguio in a totally different place with no family or relative. But uh, God sends angels. You know? so, yeah, just have to be prayerful and trust God. And uh, even up to now, so... Uh, he continues to send us angels and uh, there are a lot of in, in the form of people no? well that was good answers um, yeah as you said co- collectively you see or admire the compassion in your mentors and, and collaboration for rehab professionals I, uh, then the next one is cheerfulness <laughs> <laughs> being cheerful and happy. I thought you were going to answer all with C's. <laughs> I thought you were going to answer everything with all uh, with words starting with letter C. <laughs> then respectfulness and faithfulness. That, that's great answers. So, um, as a takeaway, yung pabaon natin sa mga listeners, if there is one thing that you want the listeners to take away or your baon for them from this episode, what would that be? Probably I'll stick to my to one of my answers a while ago. Uh, collaborate. Mm-hmm. So more could be done if we collaborate than just uh, do our own different things individually. So I think uh, we have to collaborate, and uh, in doing so, we foster mutual respect and uh, all the traits that the world needs now. <laughs> All right. So again, thank you very much for uh, being in my show, Doc Carl. And I, I hope this would not be the last. We'll um, stay updated in in your telerehabilitation program and in your career. Thank you very much, sir. I enjoyed your program, and that uh, very much as well for inviting me to your show. And good luck right. to your endeavor. That's another serving of PT Male Physical Therapy Podcast. I do hope you enjoyed it and learned something from Dr. Lechico. If you have any comments, suggestions, or questions, don't hesitate to reach out at ptmealpodcast at gmail.com 
or in Facebook and Instagram at PT Meal Podcast. Make sure you also share this podcast with your friends. That's the only way people will know. Until next time, be safe.